when you go shopping for a, a home appliance, say a refrigerator, a, a washer or a dryer, that probably has more intelligence than most everything that you see in an, in an operating room in a provider space today because it's not connected. You're not leveraging all the, uh, all the opportunity that you would have with a connected device, collecting the data, processing it, curating it, and then making it actionable to deliver a better outcome, to reduce costs, to improve efficiency. So, I mean, you can start even there. Hi, and welcome to another Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. And today I have the pleasure of being joined in the studio by Rod Cruz, General Manager of Healthcare Solutions for AT&T Business. Welcome to the show, Rod. How are you? I'm excellent, Des. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great. I've actually been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Uh, I've got so many great questions to ask you. Before we dive into some of the talking points, I wonder if maybe we can just uh, take a moment to get to know you a little bit better, where you're from originally, where you grew up, maybe any anecdotes you can share around your academic and career path and how you came into this exciting role. Uh, you bet. So, um, Des, I was born in Mexico City. I lived there till I was 10 years old, and, and my family moved to uh, down south to Houston, Texas, where my uh, formidable years were formed. So, um, you know, had a had the had the pleasure and the um, and the great experience of having a very diverse background and some appreciation for uh, for the opportunities that the U.S. brought myself and my family. Um, I graduated from uh, Texas A&M University with an industrial engineering degree, and uh, I have been working for AT&T for over 20 years and probably 16, 17 jobs, different jobs within the company. Uh, one of the benefits of working for a company like AT&T is that you do have a, a lot of flexibility in terms of moving in different directions and exploring different passions and interests. Um, over the last several years, I've spent quite a bit of time on the business side or the enterprise side of our of our um, of our uh, of our business unit, working on uh, service issues. I also uh, had a healthcare sales job, and now, as you've indicated, I've got the privilege of leading the healthcare solutions team from a healthcare perspective for AT and T business. So it's been a it's been a great journey and uh, full of adventure. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Always nice to get to know you a little bit better. And certainly for our listeners, uh, they're always keen to sort of know who's talking on the microphone. Um, and the sounds like you've had a, a great background to throw at this uh, role because to me, it, and I'd love to get a bit more detail about the remit itself, but the, the role of general manager inside that uh, healthcare solution space, I mean, that, that's got a very broad remit. I mean, it's everything from the traditional telecoms and, and connectivity and security and network infrastructure that AT&T is known for all the way through to the the vertical sector of healthcare and all things around that, Uh, particularly now that we've got big data analytics, cybersecurity, data breaches, data leak concerns, privacy acts, GDPR, all those things that concern us, and 5G and IoT sensors and now all the machines that go beep uh, are going to get connected. What's a day in the life uh, for uh, Rod Cruz like these days? Uh, What are some of the the exciting things that are coming at you on a regular basis? is it a mix of uh, internal focus to keep things uh, uh, new and emerging, growing, balanced with the external facing pieces? Where are the where are the big parts that are pulling you in different directions currently on a day to day basis? Yeah, I, I would say that it really starts um, at the beginning, and the origin begins with what's the strategy for uh, for healthcare for AT and T, and we've we've spent a lot of time 
thinking about that and and really that's the that's the that's the genesis so um why AT&T why are we interested in healthcare what role do we play what value add what's the value proposition from an AT&T perspective in the healthcare ecosystem and what role do we play and so a lot of time a lot of a lot of thinking a lot of my time and my team's time is spent on just developing the strategy and then um, that strategy then has different elements around what does the existing portfolio possess, to your point, around core network and enterprise services around VPN, Ethernet solutions, um, you know, how does security, cybersecurity uh, play in that? And obviously, that's a, big, that's a big important component in healthcare, as well as um, where are some of the future technologies, such as 5G or FirstNet, taking our conversations with our customers. So we think about all that. We blend it together. Um, we then... Um, put together a go-to-market strategy, and then, um, you know, my team spends time with our sellers being able to uh, tell that story and amplify that through a lot of different marketing initiatives that you're probably um, familiar with. Uh, and then, um, you know, we then try to strike strategic business relationships with other partners to enhance that story. And so we've done some work in the, um, in the, in the patient journey digital experience. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little later in the podcast uh, where I can show showcase that, but I think it's a blend of all that work, and it's really, you know, how do we add value on the healthcare ecosystem? It's an, it is an amazing remit, and, and I take my hat off to the fact that you even get out of bed and can cope with it. I, I remember seeing the amazing material and the demos and the live hands-on piece at the at t Business Summit uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, and uh, in fact, I was talking to one of your, your associates uh, on, on a previous podcast that I just stood there for the better part of half an hour, just watched people come and go into that. Because I think there were like, from memory, six different components around retail and first net and uh, smart cities, manufacturing, engineering, uh, so forth. And then healthcare was like the big one on the corner. And uh, I just watched people walk in, their eyes light up. And then you could sort of see that thing when they, when people get excited about something, they walk away and they're talking to their sort of associates and peers going, oh, did you see that? I didn't know this. And it was amazing just to see the, the people's faces light up and realize that some of the technologies that we used to think were future sort of Jetson stuff is here now, like augmented reality, virtual reality, sensors that are talking in real time to each, each other and, and, and the security around that. And, uh, and I know we've got an exciting thing coming up soon, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to catch up with you there with the, uh, the um, Health Information Management Systems uh, Conference in Orlando. Um, what can you tell us about what's coming up on that event? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is really an exciting time um, in terms of, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier in my previous comments, we talked about the strategy. And really, when you get to go go to a HIMSS conference and you can showcase and bring that to life and really make it a rich experience for for the attendees, it really is rewarding because it really does amplify that strategy and, and you can actually make it come to life. And so um, we're excited uh, for HIMSS in Orlando here February the 11th through the 14th to be able to showcase that. And, and we really began with a continuum of care story from, um, you know, from the, maybe the, uh, the point of an accident and the capabilities that a first net network may have all the way to an operating room of the future that would be enabled by 5G technology where maybe AR, VR, AI technology can and really enhance uh, and deliver better outcomes, right? Uh, as well as, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, we've done quite a bit of work around the patient journey, patient experience, not only with wayfinding tools, but with a digital check-in 
kiosk that has a ton of capability, which has been an integration of multiple partners. So, you know, Des, if you could imagine, rather than walking up to a registrar's desk and being met by a clipboard with redundant paper forms, uh, you're able then to have a very um, very sleek, um, very a very nice experience around your check-in. We've got partners that um, validate and authenticate patient identity that gets tethered to the medical record. Gartner's telling us by 2022, 45% or above of all patients here in the United States will have to have a patient identity. And so um, this particular partner allows us to build a biometric token composed either of a fingerprint, a facial recognition scan, a QR code on a phone, perhaps uh, scanning their driver's license or their insurance card to be able to create a profile and an identity. And that's becoming really important because if you think about the walls of care, you know, disappearing and, and, and healthcare leaving the provider space on the four walls, it's really important that we've got a very good idea of who's receiving care and more importantly, what prescriptions are being administered for that particular patient. And you can think about things like the opiate abuse that we're seeing here in the United States uh, and those impacts that are having. So that particular solution helps address some of those concerns. Um, we've got other partners like Zebra who, um, who does uh, patient wristbands with RFI to be able to uh, be able to track patients throughout the, the healthcare system. We've got wayfinding solutions. We've got a, a partnership with Lyft, which um, it enables the uh, the patient to uh, to have transportation, alternative modes of transportation. Uh, fun fact for you: thirty percent of all medical appointments are missed, and therefore having um, a transportation option for patients, we hope to address some of those missed appointments and not have stranded resources and efficiency in healthcare. So those are just some of the things. And 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 by the way, Des, we're not um, we don't give ourselves much credit. We really have taken a lot of different uh, patient uh, or customer experience uh, engagements, like you see in the uh, in, in fine or in retail or a quick service restaurant or maybe an airline, right, which has a digital check-in uh, type of kiosk engagement and just bringing that to healthcare. But the value we bring is twofold from an AT&T perspective. One, with that particular solution as we're then uh, providing connectivity, but then also providing uh, also the uh, the integrator role of, of having multiple partners with a with a with a solution, so that's some of the things we'll see at Hims. And I'll close by saying we'll have some uh, very cool stuff around FirstNet, our first responders network that's dedicated uh, for the first responders. It has preemption uh, prioritization capability. And I'll close. We'll have a lot of different IoT connected devices that we can show how AT and T's IoT network can really change the game from a healthcare perspective and being able to have a connected patient experience, collecting important uh, customer vitals, and then providing them to different uh, different caretakers in terms of providing a, a, a different experience in the, in the healthcare ecosystem. Yeah, this, the thing that really strikes me from all of that is that you're bringing this holistic end-to-end uh, experience from the foundational components of the network and the infrastructure that's required to support, whether it's a hospital building or a consumer walking with a smartphone, all the way through to the various, you know, I guess what we would call a, a customer journey uh, of every little stopping point of, you know, how do I get through triage quicker without the clipboard, as you said? Uh, how do I avoid taking up a nurse's time just filling in a questionnaire? All the way through to the specialists having real-time augmented reality when they're performing surgery. And I, I, that's an amazing journey to be transforming. And I guess the challenge then is 
at what point in the maturity curve the customers are, whether they've gone through some form of digital transformation or whether they're at the tail end and just want to fine-tune it. I was uh, talking to some folk here in Australia recently, and I, I sort of threw this phrase at them when they were shocked about the amount of digital transformation that the healthcare, whether it's aged care or hospitals or specialist care, needed to go through. And I, I sort of threw this idea then that, you know, the trans- transformation or the transition hospitals from traditional old buildings you'd go in and be sick in to basically what I termed of hotels of health in the future, they found that strange. But as we went through the day, it made more and more sense to them. And, and you've just rounded that out nicely that I guess our expectations as consumers have been higher than they may have been able to deliver. Now they've got the wherewithal and the technology at their fingertips. Um, and I guess, you know, in fact, I saw some research that came out the other day from AT&T um, Business that said something astounding, like, uh, I'm just trying to remember the number now, I think it's like six in 10 of the tech leaders, the IT leaders in the health industry have already started to push into some of the new, uh, I guess, you know, emerging, emerging technology like Internet of Things and, and related stuff around sensors. Um, but only about half of them, I think you said it was like five out of 10, so that their actual network can support it currently. And I guess this is another space where AT&T's foundational component as a, as a carrier, an operator, and a, and a network provider, all the way through to what AT&T business can do, gels nicely. Would that be a fair thing to say? Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's exactly right. We've got some data, Des, from our, uh, from our research we've done with Hems Media, where it indicates around 35% that most of the providers do not have a unified strategy for this type of transformation you've just outlined. So I think it's a matter of going in and having conversations and listening and understanding where they are and that, and that transformation continuum and then you know picking up and putting uh, solutions down that that really moves the ball forward so i think that um, the more of those conversations we have the more deeper understanding we have and where they are in that transformation journey that evolution they're going through it really does fuel innovation and really an opportunity to improve their overall uh, their overall journey and that's where i think at&t healthcare can add value in that discussion with that in mind, I, I guess something that comes to, to, to mind as far as the mental image goes, if you're walking into a boardroom or if you're walking into a roundtable session with uh, either peers or with industry players and thought leaders or even just the, the practitioners directly, I mean, what are some of the talking points that you would use to even just get people to, to kickstart this conversation, not just the digital transformation piece, but particularly things like data compliance and security, some of these really big topics? I mean, what are some of the talking points you use to just get that conversation started and getting people to the, the right place with the right mindset to even just start that journey? Yeah, I mean, we, we do part of my job earlier that we, you commented on is we really do track trends in the industry and we try to identify business problems they're trying to solve. So when you can really converge the trend with a, with a problem they're trying to address and then you can validate that your solution is going to drive that transformation, that's really when you, when you hit the trifecta, right? And there's, I mean, the industry is littered with statistics, but it's something as simple as, as do you realize that when you go shopping for a, a home appliance, say a refrigerator, a, a washer or a dryer, that probably has more intelligence than most everything that you see in an, in an operating room in a provider space today because it's not connected. You're not leveraging um, all the uh, all the opportunity that you would have with a connected device, collecting the data, 
processing it, curating it, and then making it actionable to deliver a better outcome, to reduce cost, to improve efficiency. So, I mean, you can start even there, right? Um, you can also look at um, all the, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you pivot a little and talk about the security breaches we saw last year, I mean, we saw over almost, you know, over 8 million patient records that were being, um, that were breached in, in, in last year. And so, you know, 19 is another year where it's amazing. You, you go to different conferences and it's not something that people continue to talk about, but cybersecurity is really an important area to keep, to keep attention. It's one of the trends we'll see. So it's, you know, the breach cost continues to be one of the highest across the industries. If you look to compare it to, you know, manufacturing, retail or finance. And I think, you know, uh, we can continue to help solve that from an IOT perspective. Again, if we can, if we can help drive connectivity, there's over um, 1,500 FDA-recognized devices. How can AT&T insert a SIM chip into those devices, light them up, make them smart, collect data, and change the outcome, right? Um, the other thing that's getting a ton of conversation does at the CIO round, you know, table is just, just the promise of what 5G technology can bring. So if you think about 5G, a, a you know, network that will have lower, low latency, you know, around the 12 to 7 millisecond. So then things like AR, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality can really come to life and unleash all types of use cases in healthcare. So as we talk about maybe, um, it could be a training tool for for nurses and doctors to learn their craft. If you look at the statistics, five percent of, um, of 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 information is retained in a in a lecture setting, where over ninety percent is retained by hands-on training. AR can do that. So think of a flight simulator for surgeons. That's something that the five G technology can deliver. The other big big case use case we're seeing with five G is immersive technology. So you think of you know cognitive behavior therapies, you're thinking about immersion uh, therapies that can be um, extended to improve the patient experience at either the end of life from a hospice perspective or someone that just has chronic back pain, right? So rather than taking um, other opiates that become, may become addictive, there's some, there's some really cool alternatives right around the corner. So, you know, um, those are two or three topics that just really seem to resonate. And I think with 5G, we've really reached a tipping point. Uh, with a lot of our a lot of our uh, CIOs in terms of their level of interest in exploring that technology and uh, building that roadmap with AT and T. Yeah, I think there's a brave future with 5G in its ability to do in-building uh, campus and precinct, and then you know, I guess urban and, and national coverage in different layers. And I, I think network slicing, in particular, within 5G and the standards, going to give us a, an amazing transition where lots of sensors, lots of devices, mobile users, mobile devices, screens, tablets, et cetera, and, and all the way through to big moving things like ambulances and fire engines can get that high-speed connectivity. You know, you might have an ambulance that's streaming live video of what they're doing to the patient and with the patient in the van, uh, transitioning with the, the camera moving with the person on body all the way into the triage so that that conversation from the moment they get there and see the person in a car accident or a fire all the way through to getting to the surgery room is just this never-ending stream of, of information and data, um, because I think we've made this transition now in the in the infrastructure, and certainly AT and T has of cloudifying everything, software-defined networks, software-defined infrastructure. So network slicing in five G with sort of multiple virtual uh, networks over the one physical infrastructure space is going to give us some exciting things, and all the additional speed, low latency, high throughput, and so forth. 
At the back of all this, one of the things that keeps coming up, though, particularly in light of what we were talking about just a moment ago with compliance and the challenge around the data, is this question of when 5G comes out, we're going to have all this other sensor data, all this other information available, uh, the challenge of security around it. Uh, uh, and often when people talk about security, I sort of say, well, you know, I would rather my data be sitting in a database encrypted and secure on a network over 5G than my name on a clipboard that someone could pick up and run out the front door. Um, but the question that, right. that I'm keen to, to, to get your thoughts on that a lot of people ask is, when it comes to compliance, um, is too much data compliance a thing? Is it even an issue? You know, is there such a thing as going too far with data compliance? Um, because there's so many things we have to worry about now, everything from the supply chain all the way to the end consumer. Um, is this even a topic that comes up as far as the concept of too much data compliance? It's, it's a queer, I mean, it comes up a lot of times in forums and on the discussions and Twitter chats. And I sort of scratch my head thinking, I don't know if there's such a thing as too much, but is that a topic that comes up in your community? I think that it does come up as a as something to keep an eye on, but I do think that if um, if providers over index and get and get caught up with um, with the the volume of data that's available, that it can be um, overwhelming. But I do think that um, if you if you over index on on that on too much on that particular uh, side of the uh, of the equation, you know you have the you will miss some emerging technologies um, and some innovation that will be available for um, a lot of our providers. Um, just some fun some fun facts. We've got. Um, 52% of um, large provide systems that are usually currently using bedside telemetry today, um, 55% are, are, are planting to use machine learning and AI. Over another 50% are looking for IoT um, to look at, uh, you know, management of assets and tracking, right, whether it be people or wheelchairs or glucometers within the provider space. And then um, a lot of them are looking for, you know, different wearables to continue to monitor patients. So it seems to me, Des, that even though the, the, that volume of data exists, nobody's really shying away, which is a good sign for healthcare because I do think that's what's going to continue to drive innovation in the space. I think there's a lot of uh, interesting things that came out of just in that uh, uh, highlight there. When we think about basic things like where are the wheelchairs in a hospital, you know, if they've got sensors on them that are reporting real-time location, you can go and find them, right? It's kind of like the shopping carts that you see on the end of the street, and you always wonder how the shopping malls find them. Uh, and, in fact, in Australia, there's like a bounty of $5 if you can re report where a, a shopping trolley <laughs> is on the street. Uh, they give you like a bounty online with a token you can spend in the store. But I can imagine that, you know, I mean, it's one thing to say wheelchairs and, and they're expensive assets. But imagine if you're looking for a portable you know, scanner of some form or whatever, and it's in, and it's in uh, you know, room one when someone's got a, an appointment in room two. Um, so there's that, you know, you're talking about inventory tracking, people tracking, et cetera. That stuff in real time is going to be a real game changer. And the data that flows with that, I think the ability to do that, you know, sort of health telemetry, if you like, as a, as a term, moving wirelessly with, you know, what we would normally consider data-driven insights and data-driven decision-making in the boardroom of enterprise and banking and wealth management and so forth. We're seeing it in other industries around manufacturing, engineering, shipping, transport, aviation, et cetera. Healthcare, to me, seems like the one that should have hit it first, right? It's, they, the smarter they are, the more likely they are to be able to make decisions that save lives, I guess. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, just to piggyback on that last comment, it, it, we do notice there's a lag between healthcare and other industries in terms of investment innovation. But it also, if you um, if you look at the bright side of that, is that it actually enables 
the healthcare industry to leapfrog some some other um, maybe legacy technologies where that investment wasn't made. But I do think that we continue to see um, a ton of activity around wearables and, and, and looking at monitoring chronic disease. Um, you know, the, the via in-home um, devices and smartphone apps, as well as, um, you know, being able to have uh, remote uh, conferences is something we're seeing more and more today. And so we, we do think that um, all those type of um, all those type of applications are really getting some 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 seeds in the ground and really going to bear some fruit down the road for us. As far as IT investments go in health, and, and you're, I, you're absolutely right, the data has already proven that even though healthcare has been perceived as a space that investment wasn't made necessarily as fast and as rapidly as, say, enterprise where we can take slightly different risks, uh, you know, change equals risk in the likes of healthcare in my experience. Uh, I've had about 35 years of working in the space in, in delivering data centre capability. And the questions always ask, you know, if we make this change, what's the flow on risk? And, and often the change doesn't happen. So I, I do love your comment there about the ability to leapfrog some of the early adopter learnings of that fail and fail fast where it works okay in a startup in the cloud, but it doesn't work well with someone's health. But as far as leveraging IT investments for, for everything from remote patient monitoring through the next-gen tech that we're talking about, like artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, you know, voices, the new apps sort of interface of, of the Alexas and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, what are some of the, the big things you're seeing come out? I mean, I'm sure you've got plenty of data and statistics, but beyond the basic telehealth, uh, what are you seeing out there as far as, uh, you know, pilot testing and potential rollouts or even real rollouts that have been out there with things like wearables? Well, it, this is not really a wearable example, but I'll give you probably one of our highlights um, where it showcases AT&T's innovation capability. So you probably are aware of our relationship with Hanger, which is the largest uh, prosthetic uh, manufacturer in the world that headquartered out of Austin, Texas. And um, we've got an innovation a foundry co-located in the Texas Medical Center down in Houston, the largest medical center in the world, where we've got biomedical engineers on staff. And so they partner with Hangar to come in and do a use case around um, several things, right? So how do we validate that the patient is using the prosthetic? Um, by inserting a SIM chip into, into the prosthetic, you can measure movement, you can measure the gait, you can provide feed, real-time feedback to the patient to make adjustments on the prosthetic, and obviously, you know, it creates greater adoption, right? And so the other, the other business component of this is that it actually also validated to the payer that the patient was using it, which triggered reimbursement. So there's an example of um, AT&T understanding the healthcare ecosystem, trying to solve a business problem, improving the patient experience while leveraging its innovation uh, uh, innovation piece. And then obviously it, it's, it's all brought to life by our IoT network, which connects the patient you know, and the uh, and the and the clinician, which may be a couple hundred miles away, collecting real time data around it. So we're seeing those kind of remote monitoring devices, uh, whether it's that particular prosthetic example I just walked through in our relationship with Hanger, or it could be. Um, you know, patient-owned devices or even post-op devices where the patient was wearing wearables to ensure that they're well back on their way to wellness. So there's a ton of cases out there. Um, I spoke of a very high number of FDA-approved devices that we've got out in the market today here in the United States. And again, um, I think AT&T can really leverage its connectivity in their IoT platform and, and control center and platforms to collect that data, refine it, and put it in a meaningful way where there's something actionable that can be 
driven, such as a better a better patient experience with that particular uh, that particular wearable. I know I did actually see the announcement come out. There's a lot of exciting things happening in your backyard there, and 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 the whole Dallas and Dallas Fort Worth area around the foundries and so forth. What struck me when I saw that announcement come out around the relationship with Hangar and what you're doing inside AT&T is you've actually got all the constituent parts already. They're at your fingertips and, and what you're doing now is really just looking at different use cases and how you glue them. So the idea of putting effectively a, you know, a simplified smartphone in, in a, in a um, prosthetic limb uh, where you know when we walk around with a smartphone, it, it's got an accelerometer and a motion detector and it knows where we are and so forth. It's one of those things where it's like a, an aha moment, a eureka moment that after the thought, you're like, well, that just makes sense. But you've got to have the likes of AT&T Business and AT&T and the hangers of the world with a clean sheet of paper to try and figure out what can we do next to make that happen, I guess. And this is where I think a lot of organizations who are either currently or, or are going to be future partners of AT&T and AT&T Business looking at the healthcare space are going to find whole new ways to solve the existing problems we've had for decades, if not longer, uh, with with really fast, rapid to market, low cost, exciting things. Um, a couple of things that I'd like to follow up on. I mean, th- there's two parts to this. So let me just position it in two different questions. Um, there's when we think about customers in healthcare, healthcare th- there's your direct customer, which I guess are the health providers and the the service providers from the hospitals and aged care, and 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 I guess the the in field piece. And then there's the consumer piece. Let me position this two ways. So, so firstly, um, I'd like to get your insights on what's happening around how AT&T Healthcare Solutions is helping your immediate customers, so hospitals, uh, the, the provider themselves. What are some of the biggest things you're working on currently to get them either up and mobile and moving with uh, thought leadership and direction on how to get started in that journey and challenge through to maybe someone's already started and you're just trying to fine-tune that? What are some of the big moving parts in that is the first part of the question. Yeah, it really, it really, I mean, the puzzle um, – the puzzle pieces really align well whenever we can leverage our connectivity. And if you think about it, there's the, the, the really the, the, the way we connect today, whether it's a wireline or wireless, right? That's, that's beginning to blend together, right? So those walls are kind of crumbling down and that's again, highlighted whether you're buying a, a core network enterprise service, uh, such as a VPN network or an ethernet connection, or you're using our first net wireless network or, or some of the comments were made around 5g, that's all blending together. So really how does AT&T leverage its connectivity and then again, if we can understand the business problems the customers are solving and then um, draw on our portfolio, whether it's something internally that we develop or we partner with other companies, help them solve that problem to deliver deliver better outcomes. And that to me means that you're saving lives, you're healing the you're healing patients, or you're 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 bringing uh, you know helping um, develop a roadmap to wellness for the population. And if we do that well, it's a great mission to be a part of. So those are really a high level what we're talking about. So anytime we can leverage any of those, and then again we've got um, we've got wonderful strategic partners, and as well as um, leveraging our innovation. I talked a little bit earlier about our foundry down in Houston, where we can leverage that. We also have a fantastic immersion day program where, um, when the when some of those providers allow us to come in and and walk on their floor and, and maybe spend the day at the nursing station and understand. Anytime we see uh, something that could, that's on paper that could be automated, right? So we've got a lot of different consulting practices that we can bring into the healthcare space to be able to um, 
again, drive innovation, transform their journey, and help them move along that continuum of, of, of change and transforming in, in the way they deliver care, we feel like we've done our job. So um, a little bit of high level, but hopefully it paints a good picture around, again, where AT&T can add value and how we play a role in that, in that mission for those providers. Absolutely. In fact, for listeners, I'm going to invite them to uh, jump on their favorite web search platform and just search for uh, AT&T Hospital. <coughs> Excuse me, AT&T Hospital of the Future. Uh, there was a report that came out from some work you did with, uh, I think it was on um, Rush Systems and, and Health Inc. Was it um, where, yeah. with Rush Systems, you you built this uh, uh, 5G in hospital setting sort of a series of use cases and scenarios and ran them through the process and looked at the. I guess the basic question of what is a hospital of the future and then all the relevant constituent components of it. And that leads me to, I guess, my second part of that, that previous question, that is that on one side you've got the immediate, uh, I guess, what is an obvious customer for ATT, ATT healthcare and ATT business of the big infrastructure providers of people running hospitals, people running in-field stuff, people being solution providers, and even the general practitioners of health. At the other end of it, it seems that you're perfectly positioned in that you've got the consumer base as well, and that people with a device in the hand, whether it's a smartphone or a tablet or a laptop with a SIM card in it, or their, their VPNs and firewalls and network in, in, in home for uh, either fixed wireless access or permanent broadband, you've got both ends of the spectrum. So you're in a, in a fairly unique position that you can provide the, uh, uh, the business front of it to the healthcare provider industry, but you've also got the connection directly to the end consumer, and they're likely to have an AT&T plan on their SIM, on their device, and all the apps. And, you know, whether it's yourselves or someone else providing the, the connectivity and security and the payment gateways of the services, you seem to close that loop. It sort of seems to be the, the perfect ecosystem to enable some of the things that, that aren't as easy to do on other ecosystems where you don't necessarily control the whole space. Are there any insights that you're sort of uh, seeing jump out of that opportunity where you're talking to the healthcare solutions industries who are providing to hospitals or the hospitals themselves and then realising you can actually leverage your existing customer base to glue that and, and shorten that circuit, circuit to sort of close that loop and create a whole ecosystem? You know, Des, that's an area we spend a lot of time um, incubating and thinking about because we we have, uh, we have continue to um, look for the right solution set to address that market need because I do think we are uniquely positioned to add value, um, and it's something that we continue to, to either through partners or um, with our own portfolio is try to combine. But to your every point you've highlighted is uh, it seems to indicate it's in our sweet spot, right, whether you're collecting patient data, whether you're conducting um, teleconferencing or telemedicine in the patient home. I mean, we are seeing the, the you know, care leave the, the walls of the provider just from a convenience perspective, right? You see it very many systems. Uh, maybe it's a Maybe it's a, a woman that's going through pregnancy rather than her coming in and like um, standing on a scale, you know, every you know three or four weeks. That's something that can be collected remotely. So you're seeing some of those solutions come to come to the market. And to your point, because we have the connectivity, because we have the coverage, um, we can then play a major role in some of those solutions. So it is something we continue to. Um, 
to formalize our point of view, and it's something we're going to continue to uh, build out the portfolio. And we're paying very close attention because, to your point, I think AT&T can play a significant um, role in that space and add value um, in terms of the experiences and how and how healthcare is administered outside the walls of at uh, of, of the provider space, rather. Indeed, and you know, there's always going to be commentators on 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 the, the issues and, and value pros and cons on both of that. But it seems to me to be a no-brainer that it. If you have the, the capacity to, to protect the border walls, if you like, in a virtual sense of that and whole entire journey, uh, you know, I'm, I've got a device uh, that I use as far as a US phone. I, I carry a phone with global carriage on one side. And I've got an American phone with a SIM. And, you know, it, it's an AT&T phone. So it's got everything from like, you know, AT&T Direct TV and my, my A&TT app and a whole bunch of other things. And I can imagine that the things you're talking about now where, where you're already working on them and thinking about them, whether it's in a lab or in the field, uh, it makes sense to me that, that there'll be an AT&T uh, iconed app on my phone that does all those things. You know, it could potentially count the number of steps I've got and feed that to my insurance provider who will say, well, you know what you're doing, this many steps a day, 10, 15,000 steps a day, you're walking, you're running, you're healthy, that's going to give you a benefit on your premium. You don't have to pay us as much because we know the data shows through the AT&T uh, apps on your phone that you're healthy and you're making that effort, therefore you, know, you get the benefit. All the way through to that great example you just gave of, of a, a, a you know a pregnant woman who has you know we know there's risk in in women who are pregnant traveling whether it's in a you know a, a taxi or or the driving themselves if every time they leave their home and get on the road there's risk if they can just jump on an, on digital scales at home and, and there's an, an app on their phone on the AT&T network that data can securely move I I, I can see a massive opportunity for for new emerging. Uh, app developers in there to leverage your platform and the incumbents that are you know the hospitals themselves. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm curious about with regard to some of your fun, fundamental components, I mean, again, I'd like to split it in two parts. There are a number of big moving things that these organizations like hospitals are having to deal with. It's the physical security, the virtual security, the cyber security, the data. There's the software-defined network connectivity inside their buildings, the SD-WAN between some of their sites. Is there a particular area that you're seeing where they're not paying attention that you think they should be starting a conversation? Are, are, the, is the healthcare industry maybe not moving as quickly as it should be to adopt software-defined wide area networking? Are they not doing uh, secure firewalling and virtual private networking between things? Is there any area that you'd recommend some of the industry providers maybe just stop and, and rethink some of their strategic direction that, that if they were talking to yourself and your team inside AT&T Business and the healthcare solution space, that you might advise and say, you know what, this is a space you should be, think- you should be thinking about now because it's, it's where you're going to get a lot of business value or a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, consumer opportunity? I think software-defined wide area networks is definitely uh, one of the areas where um, we're not seeing probably as much activity in healthcare as we would like. And I think some some virtualization um, of the networks are taking place in the provider space, but probably not at the rate we would have expected to see. So I do think it's lagging a bit behind. But I think, um, you know, you've got – and it's I don't want to make a blanket statement, right, but I think you've got people all over that continuum. But I think um, any time that you can drive that level of efficiency and virtualize routers and – um, and servers and, uh, you know, wide area network accelerators on the network, um, it really just drive efficiency. So it's something that um, we've done internally with our own core network and a lot of our different central offices from AT&T. Um, and, again, we've already reaped the benefits of it, not only from an economics perspective but an operational efficiency perspective. And I do believe that healthcare um, is just is just ripe with opportunity in terms of an SD-WAN. So that's definitely one of them. I do think um, – 
the other area I'll comment on is just the FirstNet network. Um, I do think that um, having a, a, a dedicated uh, wireless network, which is really a second, you know, it's, it's a second wireless network um, that would be dedicated for first responders is an area that, um, you know, hopefully most providers are thinking about that are first responders or extended primaries. Um, and we've got, you know, a handful of our, you know, half a dozen cases, use cases, Des, where, you know, we've already seen um, the, the resiliency of the network. We've seen um, the network capability around preemption and prioritization, which basically just means that that traffic is, is going to be prioritized above anything else to help save lives. Um, I think that, um, you know, we've, it's a, it's a, it's a $40 billion investment from AT&T over 25 years, and we won that contract from the U.S. government to build that network. So it's an awesome responsibility with an awesome mission behind it. Um, and I do think that, um, you know, we would like to see providers keep thinking about the value add that that's going to bring. And, uh, you know, if you've got law enforcement and you've got fire departments that have already got on the first net network, but, you know, we see providers lagging behind, we think that's an area they should consider uh, becoming part of that ecosystem because it's a three-legged stool from a public sector perspective to have, you know, law enforcement, fire departments, as well as EMS be part of that solution. And so we think, um, if, I were to, if I were to highlight another area besides SD-WAN, I think the first net network and how, what a, what a crucial role the providers and the first responders and extended primaries play in that in that uh, particular value uh, equation is really significant. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And in fact, something that struck me with a conversation that I had with somebody um, in uh, at the AT&T Business Summit recently was exactly along those lines. Uh, the question, and I, I literally was just standing there watching the the health pavilion sort of on the on the innovation floor, and this lady was just standing there. And I asked the question, said, "Have you gone and got hands on? And what are your thoughts?" and she was looking at the healthcare piece, and I said, "Well, have you wandered over and had a look at the FirstNet thing and just asked some questions?" And she's like, "Well, why would I? Why would I be interested in talking about FirstNet? I'm interested in the health." And I said, "Well, my key takeaway from all this is these six core demos and 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 spaces that are here showing the highlights. If you can see what they've done with FirstNet, and you know that there's no there's no busy tone um, sort of experience on that network. It's always up. It's it's never going to let you down. If they can do that for emergency, imagine what they can do with traditional enterprise challenges, or particularly." hospital and it was interesting so she wandered off and had a chat with them and came back and went yeah okay that completely changed my view of the world and the point i was trying to make with her and she was a lovely lady i was like often we can look at something like healthcare and think well you know i'm putting that in a box but it's easy to forget that if at&t's build something as formidable as FirstNet, uh then it's a no-brainer that you can build a healthcare solutions network through sd-wan and, and so forth that has a similar level of capability obviously not with necessarily the same independent network uh, but if you can do it for FirstNet, you can do it for a hospital, it seems to me. Um, the second part of the question with that very, very briefly, uh, and, and this is a little bit more sideways, is there are a lot of other big moving parts in hospitals. There's, there's their storage, there's their data management, there's the compute power they need. When we think about the, you know, imagine I'm in bed in a hospital, I've got things that go beep attached to me, they're tracking my blood pressure, my heart rate, my, my um, temperature, et cetera, uh, oxygen levels. They haven't been connected always before. You know, someone walks up with a clipboard and starts writing down numbers and clips, puts it at the end of the bed. Now that we're connecting them, and now that there's more network requirement, there's more security requirement, is it the case that the hospital providers, the service providers in the healthcare industry, when, when AT&T Healthcare Solutions walks in the door, do they um, always ask or are they aware they should be asking about that other stuff that you can do? You know, whether it's storage, compute, security... 
storing all that data from the sensors and the connected machines is going to increase the amount of data volume, the speed it comes at, the, the criticality of it, and the connectivity. Are people asking you for advice and strategic direction around their compute power and their network and all the other constituent bits that are not just a tri- typical telco space or purely healthcare? Absolutely, and that's an area um, from a consulting perspective that we've got um, a ton of experience. It's not, uh, it's not that's really agnostic to the industry, right? Those are those are uh, network um, situations and business opportunities we see across um, all of our enterprise space, right? So that's not like uh, as you've indicated, unique to healthcare, but yeah. So um, we've got. Um, Within our um, within our expertise and um, subject matter experts, whether it's um, the cloud, uh, whether it's computing power, whether it's storage, whether it's really moving the data, right? It's moving the data from the the, the pressure cuff into a connected device that could uh, connect it to other uh, other uh, you know medical records or whatnot. That's something that uh, we we can uh, advise on, and we we often do. And that's more of our traditional um, solution sets that we've all was talked about from a healthcare perspective, but um, you know, one of the things we we do to solve that is we have an immersion day where we bring our our principal architects and our subject matter experts that are dedicated just to healthcare, and we end up um, you know almost doing a, a an onsite consulting, right? And so if if that's part of the scope of the discussion around how do we collect the data, how do we manage the data, how do you move the data, and then to me, what's um, you know going back to our earlier conversation around what one is too much data too much um, you know how do you how do you parcel it and manage it so that you get to the the meaningful data to drive outcomes that you want to you're monitoring or managing towards right in terms of results and real hard performance and I believe that um, we definitely have that forte and those are conversations we have every day does across all of our healthcare customers and so it's a privilege to be there and it's something that we enjoy doing and we're uh, we're very efficient at it no, absolutely. And that's something that really jumped out at me because I think, you know, in the last couple of decades myself in a consulting fashion, you know, when I work with people either in transport or logistics or aviation or other spaces and particularly in healthcare in the context of this conversation, often we get blinkered into the here's my problem I need to solve now and we forget that sometimes the root cause analysis of looking at the entire holistic 360-degree issue uh, shows us that the problem we're trying to solve is actually caused by some other thing, whether it's you know network not fast enough, or routers and firewalls and gateways being legacy and taking too long to patch, or just you know databases running slow. So it was interesting just to think about when we think about AT and T and the healthcare uh, solutions business unit that you're in. It's one thing to talk about the healthcare vertical, but um, things like mobility services and and their basic internet connectivity and and, and WAN connectivity or metropolitan connectivity, their LAN. Cybersecurity cloud, um, you know, all the way through to voice and collaboration, and even I was reading something the other day where uh, Directv for businesses is now being looked at as a as a way to provide media and content and information for insights inside health. And it was like these are things you've been doing for a long time. These are straight off the shelf, out of the box things that you do as AT and T as a brand. Adding them to healthcare seems to be a no brainer. And so I went and jumped on the web and did a bit of searching around. And the thing that I would recommend listeners do is just jump on the web and search for at t Healthcare because it brings you to a page where there's an entire sort of extranet sort of uh, portal of things around these very things of these traditional topics of you know mobility and internet and networking and cybersecurity that you do 
just by default. And then some of the key things that the healthcare practice have around transforming the digital hospital, connected patients, connected caregivers. So definitely jump online and search for AT&T Healthcare and, and go through that in detail. Because I think there are so many other parts that, that you bring to this in, the, as you said, the professional services that it's easy to forget that that's all part of the package, not just healthcare, even though that's the main focus in your space. That leads me to, I guess, uh, a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, we mentioned before that we're, we're both going to be at HIMSS um, and you've got an exciting uh, uh, pavilion being put on there with a lot of great things to show about. Uh, for you personally, not even just your role in an at and uh, uh, healthcare business unit, but you personally, what are some of the highlights that you're looking uh, most forward to uh, both within at and as well as the event? Well, I, I'm really excited again. Um, I think we've taken um, our booth to the next level, and I invite everybody to join us. Uh, we're really challenging ourselves to to be able to really bring a lot of the assets and the artifacts to life. And so you'll see a lot of very live use cases and demos. And um, so, you know, oftentimes it's hard to showcase a network or moving data. But if you bring it to life with real use cases, um, I spoiler alert, I don't want to share too much about it because I think we've got some very cool things. But we'll be able to tell a very unique FirstNet story, almost reacting um, a, a patient at the point of an accident and the, and the power of FirstNet and the, and the communication capability that can deliver. Uh, we've already spoken some about some of the patient experience, patient journey, person map, per, patient mapping uh, solutions we'll be showcasing there. Uh, you mentioned Direct TV. Um, you'll be able to uh, see some of the DTV. Um, and to me, there's a couple of plays there, right? One is the infotainment piece or the entertainment piece, maybe in the waiting area. But then if you're inside, uh, you know, post-op in a, in a patient room, there's there's so much you can do with that content because it becomes infotainment. Uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's uh, giving you post-op treatment and giving you some uh, some rehab instruction. So there's a lot of different ways to leverage that that uh, that medium to not only uh, provide entertainment but also to educate the patient. And so we'll highlight that. We'll have a host of IoT connected devices, Des, to be able to show the power of our IoT network and, and how it connects. And uh, I, I'd be remiss if I did not highlight the 5G. Uh, capability, which we're going to have a operating room of the future with them, some fantastic uh, VR, AR um, demos for for our attendees, um, and then really all of it is uh, the challenge we we you know and the standard we're holding ourselves accountable to is that we want to really make it a wonderful. Uh, experience for for the attendees. So we hope to see as many of our friends there swing by our booth and experience some of the technology and the demos, and uh, and see if they do come to life as I'm uh, describing here on the on the podcast. Oh, I'm very excited, and uh, I can imagine that the likes of my Rachel Knight uh, is doing some amazing things for you to connect some of that 5G stuff uh, on the pavilion, as the she and her team did at the uh, AT&T Business Summit recently. Um, and, and as you said, you know, absolutely, if people are coming physically in person, uh, definitely make the time to actually book it into your phone, calendar, reminder, whatever, to, to rock up to the pavilion and the stand and have a look at the booth. Um, also, I should just mention that uh, myself and a couple of colleagues uh, um, are going to be on site with the team from AT&T Business and AT&T Health uh, to help amplify the story. So we're doing uh, live streams, uh, videos, interviews. Uh, posting on uh, social media across the thing of what's happening as well. So even if you physically can't get to it because you're on the other side of the planet, wherever, definitely jump online, follow the AT&T business uh, handle and some of the related hashtags and the uh, hash HIMSS19, that's H-I-M-S-S-19, hashtag with AT&T. And you better, uh, I guess, vicariously live through us uh, on your uh, booth. 
Now, uh, before we wrap up, one of the things I would love to get you to do, if you're okay with it, is uh, I often like to get people to gaze into a virtual crystal ball and I guess just, uh, uh, you know, think freely as to next three to five years, what big things do you personally see coming over the horizon that we could get excited about? I mean, it's, it's one thing for the commercial and, and the business side of, you know, digital hospitals, connected patients and all the caregiver side of it. It's a completely different thing for the consumers and the apps that we're used to on smartphones now getting more useful for health. Are there spaces that we're going, whether it's 5G and the connected uh, sensors and so forth, are there things that you can see over the horizon? Because let's face it, you're literally at the bleeding edge, if you'll pardon the pun, of the space of, of the healthcare industry, and particularly with what you're doing with your role at at and uh, healthcare business unit. Where do you see us going the next three to five years? What are some of the things that, you, you know, you just, whether it's a gut feel or what you know, uh, what could you share that uh, you think is, is sort of slightly predictive over the horizon three to five years? What exciting insights do you think you could share? Des, you know, I'm going to date myself a little because I think then I go back to my career and I think back to um, the the late 90s and and we had a convergence of um, DSL and 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 personal computers as well as the World Wide Web, and we saw an explosion there, um, an inflection point, if you will. And I think back to 2007 with the iPhone and the app stores and the app that, that were that were uh, launched, as well as the impact it had on the network and, and how that, that, that innovation changed. And I think it's going to be the same for 5G. Uh, I don't want to sound um, like a broken record, but I do think the 5G will revolutionize and overhaul and transform um, every aspect, every corner of the provider space in ways that we can't even begin to imagine today. And the cool thing is, is that we're starting to develop those those use cases with great partners like Dr. Shafiq Rob at Rush, um, Vitas, the hospice provider um, down in Florida, and Patrick Hale with some really, really um, innovative leaders. So I really think if I'm if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on 5G and how that's going to fuel massive transformation, massive uh, evolution of, of of this journey as 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 providers transform every corner of their environment, and I'm. Uh, that's where I would uh, I would continue to underscore and highlight that, and I think we're going to be doing some things that are uh, are beyond our, our our processing power today, and um, I'm just going to be just riding the wave and super excited to be a part of it. Wow, fantastic! Well, I'm right there with you on the 5G front and all other things, and uh, I'm really looking forward to catching up in a week or so's time uh, in Orlando and Florida with the uh, Hymns 2019 event. Rod Cruz, thank you so much for making time to catch up with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and in the studio, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having you back on the show again. And uh, some amazing insights into what you're doing in your role in your career and what your team are doing inside the AT&T Business's uh, healthcare-focused business unit. And I guess the industry is a general, both from the consumer uh, end user side of things of health and recipient of care through to the actual providers and givers of care. Uh, been great to chat to you. Thanks so much for being on the show and um, look forward to having you on again soon. Des, the pleasure's been on mine. Thanks for having me on the pod- podcast, and I look forward to seeing you in Orlando here in a couple of weeks. Take care.